Hey, hi, hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of AQV, a Queer View podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and today I have a good friend of mine joining me today to talk about a topic that I don't have much education in, but she's going to share her side of it and give me some insight, and it's going to be phenomenal. And today joining me is one of my good Judys. Her name is Misa, but she also has another name that she can go by, too, and we're going to get into that. So, Misa, how are you doing today? All right. All right? Awesome. Here, ready to go. Sweet. So, Misa, we know each other from a mutual friend, uh, Jasmine, a.k.a. Domi, who was on a previous episode of this podcast where we talked about sex work and all the fun stuff that correlates with that. And let's get into a little bit backstory between us. So we met also at a, like the first time we ever met was at a con. Right. Uh, and was this one the same MTAC or did we meet at one of the Atlanta ones? It was MTAC. MTAC. Awesome. And from there, it was just more like a, hey, if y'all keep going, please include me. Uh, yep. cause <laughs> then it ended up one, it's just more fun when you have more friends that go. And it also helps divide the costs. So divide and conquer. Yeah, I didn't know if I was butting into the group or not because I didn't know who was always in your room. So I just know that I wanted to room with Jasmine because she was the only person that I knew the best that was going to MTAC. Yeah. And then what was it? A few years later, then you roomed with me. And we went to MTAC at a swanky hotel that was overpriced. Mm. <laughs> Fun times. A little too expensive. <laughs> that someone pulled the fire alarm. We had to wait outside in the rain. You know, times. great times. And cons are always fun because people know how to act like adults. Uh, so, Misa, you know a lot more about the topic than I do. So we're going to get into the me just asking some gentle probing questions and we'll go from there. So you are more adverse on the topic of gender fluidity. Right. I don't know much about it. So what can you tell me about gender fluidity? So it's hard to explain because the umbrella term is non-binary. So I don't want to say I'm truly non-binary because one day I want to be a girl. One day I want to be a boy. Uh, some days I just don't feel like either. And some days I'm like both like. I just, like, want to get done up all pretty and also just wear boyish clothes. It it fluctuates by the day. And I feel like non-binary is very, like, you are truly just, you don't identify as either. But I only came to terms with this in the past few years, so I can't speak for the whole community. Um, Some people will say they're non-binary and they also fluctuate. But the easiest term is to say gender fluid because it clicks in people's heads a little bit better that when you say gender fluid, that means you you can change by the day. Gotcha. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and correct me for this podcast. Uh, I already introduced you as she and her, and then I introduced you as Misa. Was that okay, or do we need to change that? I have a few people calling me they, them. Uh, okay. But I'm not going to panic or something if somebody calls me the wrong thing because I'm perfectly fine with being called she or he. 
it doesn't matter. Someone called me sir in Target once, and I'm like, thank you. There you go. <laughs> so I, just, I don't really care. Um, it's the problem with, like, family and stuff, uh, people in the workplace who would probably never be comfortable with using alternate pronouns. So I'm just accepting of whatever. All right. I just want to make sure that I was doing my part and not disrespecting you in any way. That's fine. Yeah. I do have a few people who call me they and they've made it pretty much their standard and I do appreciate that. I'm just not pressed about it. All right. Well, put me in that list. They, them, you got it. Okay. <laughs> so with the whole gender fluidity, the non-binary, uh, I know a few years back, a little bit before the pandemic and all that fun stuff, uh, that was a big hot topic. And how did everything that was happening and the whole surfacing and the like real upfronts, it's now social, it's now a public eye kind of ordeal. Did that take any effect with you? Yes and no. So, you know, I do my own cosplay thing and have my own uh, social media stuff where I post that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, this is not something that I plan on ever discussing with family. So my Facebook account is friends only. I do not add family. So it'll say things on my profile about me being gender fluid. Um, I attempted to add it to my social media and then it freaked me out a bit because I'm like, oh, what if my grandma sees this? <laughs> so when I did a pride look uh, last year, I used non-binary and you know other tags relating to that. But for locations where my family could see it, I ended up removing them because it just I didn't feel like having the conversation. I can fully get that. Trust me. Uh, when it came to me, uh, it was just last year, moved out on my own, got my own place, all that fun stuff. And I started uh, embracing my I don't want to say my gay side. I've been gay for I don't know how many years. I've been embracing like the whole homosexual side to where going out and actually doing stuff that is classified as like, this is a little bit more gay than it is straight or something of that matter. And I know I had to, of course I've got family and friends on Facebook who understand that what they call is different air quotations, Mm -hmm. uh, but they don't fully accept the fact that I am a homosexual, a gay man, a queer in any shape, way, or form because they're just like, oh, it's just a phase or, oh, it's just a demon or, oh, we just need to pray for him or something like that. You know, you see, you even give the same face I give and I'm just like, really? My family's just like that. So I'd rather just not even bring it up. And I trust me, it's the hardest part for me is trying to bring it up, trying to talk about it because it's either I get shut down or I just get like talked down to about the entire thing. Or uh, like I said in my first episode, when my mom first found out that I, might be gay i was almost thrown into a conversion camp so it's now it's never the funnest thing so you try to like that's some trauma that really builds up a wall you want to talk about building a wall build an emotional wall that tries to like keep family out of your personal life so i ended up uh taking my security and my privacy very highly and I know with like Facebook posting and whatnot, I still have family and like long term friends on Facebook, but I just literally I'll go to the settings and I'll change post this. But for these yep. six people, Same they here. cannot see anything I post. 
Yeah, if somebody even gives me the impression that they might be a little bit not okay with something I'm going to post, I'm just going to hide it from them because I just don't want to deal with it. And it's easy to say, you know, kick this person out of your life entirely, but sometimes it's not that easy. No, I mean, for crying out loud, like two of those people, it's my brother and my sister. Like, they know I might be a little different, but they don't want to address it. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to embrace it. They don't want to accept it. So when I'm around them, I'm just Michael, and that's it. I can't be, like, full on me. I can't be like, I went to Pride. I'm going to drag shows. I can't believe y'all haven't seen the newest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Stuff like that. But yeah. I'll listen to them gripe and complain about that Bass Pro Tournament was just bull crap. Or that NASCAR driving, they took too many left turns and had to do 500 laps. I don't know why my family sounds like old country people. It fits the bill pretty well. Uh, but... I understand the whole not bringing it to their attention or letting them see anything about that because, I mean, I don't even want to deal with it. I, Again, like you said, it's hard to kick those type of people out of your life completely because, again, they've been there for so much and whatnot, but it's just a very hard conversation. And I think my situation is a little bit of the don't ask, don't tell because there's, I guess, evidence of me being gender fluid since I was probably 12 years old. And, of course, somebody would say, like, oh, you're just a tomboy. But it's not really just that because around 12, I had this internalized persona named Damien. And I would draw him everywhere. I would come up with, like, a backstory for him. And then as I got older, I'm like, wait, this is just who I'd like to be. And my dad and my family, they know I cross-dress, or it's not even cross-dressing anymore since I've identified as non-binary, gender fluid. But since they see it as cross-dressing, it really shouldn't be that much of a shock to them. But they're not going to ask me straight up, like, are you are you one of those types, you know? So I'd rather just not bring it up, and they can assume what they want. It's their problem if they don't like it because it's really none of their business. It doesn't affect them in any way. And see, I wish that was the mindset I had. Uh, I commend you for that because I think I still have that, like, nagging feeling in the back of my head that whispers since I rely on my family for so much and they rely on me for so much Mm -hmm. that if they were just, like, to fully accept it, then it's either there's that 50-50 chance of either disownment and we'll never talk to you again or they're going to try their best to figure out how to fix me. That's part of the problem for everybody, I think. I still have that feeling because my dad, you know, he helps me pay off my student loans. Mm -hmm. And part of me is like, he wouldn't care. He loves you too much. But then the other part's like, I've seen people with the most loving, caring parents immediately just be kicked out of the house for it. And it, it just doesn't matter. Like, you can have the best person, like the best parents on the planet, and they'll turn on you if they don't agree with it. So, you know, there is part of that. Like, should I just tell somebody and, like, you know, let it all out or just keep it to myself, live my life comfortably, live my life how I feel? And they're not going to bring it up because they don't want to acknowledge it anyway. So why bring it up when it's going to be a hard topic that might end up either making life a little bit more difficult or changing the way that the life is for the time being? Yeah. 
I fully understand. Yeah, I can fully get behind that. I mean, that was me throughout my early 20s. Because uh, when I had to move back in with my mom after my dad got killed, then it's just like, I cannot do nothing that like revolves around my gay side. Like, because I don't want anything to happen. I don't want to have to live in a hostile situation or anything like that. So yeah. it's when I got out on my own and got to where I am today, then that's where I'm just like, now I can fully embrace being this whole entire side of me, this entire life side. And I mean, I don't regret it, but I also don't keep that side of my life in a loop of this side. Yeah. So it's like, it's to me, it's like, it's sad, but you know what? I'm living a happy life. Yeah. After I moved out on my own to Memphis, my family lives an hour away. They don't even keep me up to date on a lot of things. Like, I find out a week after something happens. So I'm, I feel disconnected enough where I can continue to live how I want. And it's not even going to get back to them. It, it does nothing to them to not know. I totally get that. Yeah. And I can just, you know, when I visit, I'll, be dressed more masculine one day and they won't say a word about it because they just are used to seeing me that way. They just have never asked, why do you dress like that? Like when I first got my head shaved, it was really funny how my whole family was like, oh, that's different. But then my dad was like, I think it's pretty cool. I'm like, okay, so maybe my dad knows and he's chill with it, you know? But I'm just not going to talk about it. <laughs> oh, no. So the whole hair and whatnot. So I legit sent a photo of you to the guy I'm dating. And his reply was like, she looks real cool. Yay. <laughs> I was just like, right. I'm actually like growing it back out now, but I, I can't decide. That's why I have so many wigs, because some days I want to look like Barbie and some days I want to look like a man. <laughs> oh, I saw Barbie yesterday. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> no, literally, it was super fun. Uh, Miss Kennedy and Scott, if you're listening to this, you killed it at Soho. Just letting you know. So let's get into the cosplay factor of it. So you cosplay, I cosplay. It's something that we do as a fun hobby. You do it more as a way to express yourself. You do photo shoots, all that fun jazz. I put yeah. on full-on spandex body suits and be like, I'm Spider-Man. Or you help me. Uh, so I just got to get into the story real fast. I bought a corset a year and a half ago, never yeah. wore it. And I was just like, this looks super cool. I want it because it was a nice green and black design. And it was like I was one of those... there when you were fitted for it. Exactly. We were literally in Atlanta. We bought this corset for me. And I was just like, I don't know what this is going to do for me, but it looks cool. And from there, uh, it was the next con, the con that we stayed together by ourselves, uh, including your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And you literally got me into that corset and I was the biggest baby alive. I was extremely hyper and excited, but I was also scared out of my mind because I couldn't breathe. And I thought that was just a fun little thing between us because you got me into it. You fastened me up. You got everything taken care of. And then I ended up looking damn good at it. So I had to take like a thousand photos in my room and you're just like, you have problems. (laughs) Yeah. Luckily for you, I have probably 10 plus years in corset experience. So, you know, I was able to get you into it where you weren't going to pass out, even though you were like, am I going to pass out? 
you're not going to pass out. I promise. <laughs> the only thing was, like, it was uh, extremely tight around the rib cage and the lower stomach. So I was just like, it's hard to breathe. And you're like, that's a given. You have to train for it. You need lots of practice getting into a corset comfortably. So I've been told, and I'm just like, but it wow. Great. It looks so, awesome. So many I, good pictures. I know, and we even did the uh, shadow silhouettes in the room, so we're just like, I like this. This is going to be a continuous thing. This is like a nice little uh, Saturday night con thing for the fancy parts. Right. But with your non-bearing dairy, your gender fluidity, how does that play into your cosplay? So... Before I ever cosplayed for the first time, sometimes I would just sit in my room and put on, like, a beanie, and I would have my hair sticking out of the beanie like this, and I would do, like, masculine makeup and just take selfies, and I'm like, this looks really cool. I like this. And then my first cosplay ever was a boy character, and there was a lot of, back then, that was probably 2000 and... 13 mm-hmm. back then there was still a little bit of like oh why are these girls dressing up as boys uh well for one it's fun for two i like the character and i can kind of relate to the character i feel comfortable as the character uh so it was really just like an easy way to dress up as a boy in public and not be i guess shamed for it or stared at for any reason other than, oh, that person's in a costume. So I just really enjoyed dressing up as boys. And then I would say probably 90% or more of my cosplays are male characters. And then after I thought about it a little bit and started hearing all these newer terms about gender identity, I was like, this kind of makes sense. You know, I can... I like wearing dresses. I like wearing baggy pants, you know, even if it's just for cosplay for like five hours or something. It's still fun to get to do that and express myself. Fully get that. Because, I mean, I've seen you in all different types of uh, the gender spectrum in your cosplay and your day-to-day life. And I have to say, you pull off every look to the T. Because I know you're also, I'm not going to say you're a perfectionist, but you like to be a realistic, (laughs) authentic person when it comes to your outfits. So I know it's like, it's got to be exactly right here on my arm. It's got to be exactly this type of highlight in my eye. And you're just like, if I'm going to embody a character or a certain way of life, it is going to be spot on. And 99.8% of the time, it is. I give you that 0.2% for error. Thank you. (laughs) And so... I know with it, uh, you go from the more feminine side to the more masculine side to the side that's in between. It's just like, I just feel like being a human, so just respect it. Uh, have there been any drawbacks from any of that? It's just like, I know you said it's hard to kind of explain to a workplace and all that. So this is like, hey, sometimes I just don't feel like a he or a her. I just want to be a they, them. Uh, has there been any type of backlash or anything like that you've had to deal with? Not Really? Uh, my workplace was recently bought out by like a pretty big company and I don't want to give the name of who oh, that's fine. Yeah. Um, it's not private or anything. I just don't want to want them to see this. <laughs> so they were bought out by a bigger company that tries to be very inclusive. And okay. my coworkers was comfortable enough to come out as trans recently and the word spread through the company, um, like, hey, you, 
you have to refer to this employee as she now. And I thought that was really cool. And I was going to attempt to be like, hey, guys, I'm gender fluid. But I kind of chickened out. I'm like, I'm going to let this person have their moment. And, you know, I live in Tennessee. So a lot of people I work with have in roundabout ways said they're not super cool about certain types of people. Uh, so I just try not to bring it up there either. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the reasons why I ask, because I know we both live in Tennessee. You're a little bit more south than I am, well, southwest than me. Because mm-hmm. Memphis isn't straight down, it's that way. And people who yeah. can't see, you can't see, I'm pointing down to the southwest corner. Uh, so I know that's usually like a big thing, because even here in Nashville, you think it's all inclusive and whatnot, but there's still the... Uh, closed off, unlike minded people who would want to either ridicule, make fun of, or bring harm to people who want to stray from what they call normal when normality is just a really a facade. Yeah, and I live close enough to the midtown area which is the vibrant artsy area. So they've got like the rainbow paint on the road and it's very LGBTQ friendly. It's yes. And I went to art college, so so was everybody there. So luckily I live close enough to the art community where it's fine to express yourself. But I also live close to the area where all the rich people live who turn their noses up at anybody who looks a little weird. Yeah, I know that feeling. I've got the all-inclusive about 20 minutes east of me. I've got the snobbies in every other direction of me. Yeah. It's like it's safe that way, and then if you go about 15 minutes that way, they look at you funny if you have drawn-on eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> they look at you funny if you wear anything rainbow. If you have piercings and tattoos. If you have colored hair. I don't you know, like that area. <laughs> yeah, I don't like. I just don't like people most of the time, but that's just me. But yeah. for some reason, I put up a really good like fakeness of to where I can stand people and hold conversations. But other than that, if I don't know you personally, I just don't want you to be around me because I'm probably just like, please leave me alone. Yeah, I've had to cut a lot of people out who are very close-minded. But then there are some who are such good friends, even in the cosplay community. And I'm like, I don't want to cut you out of my life because there's a chance you could turn around. But I I don't see it happening anytime soon. And that's like one of the biggest fears, uh, and I know with like close personal friends, especially coming up, growing up, all that, and you have these people that have always been in your life for so long, it's just like, hey, I've known you for X amount of years, here's a change that's happening in my life. So that's one of the things I know, it's like people that you grow up with, people that you're extremely good friends with, and that you know for a long time in your life, and then you end up trying to share this side of you with them, you would want them to accept you because like they've been with you through thick and thin and whatnot, but then it comes out just like, oh, I don't agree with that. And then there goes that entire friendship completely ended. That has happened to me probably three times in the past, I want to say, eight months just recently, like here in 2022 and 2021. Uh, has that had any effect for you where you just had to cut people off completely because they're just like, oh, I don't agree with that? When it's not their life, it's not their choice. And they can just be supportive and be like, you're still the same person you are. It's just you describe yourself as a little bit different. Luckily, because I did go to art school and a lot of people that I hung around in high school and middle school were 
undercover at the time. Um, Ooh, come on, secret agent. Most of the people that I associate with are fine. Like, I don't typically gravitate towards the people who come off as strongly bigoted in any way. Uh, I did a little bit just, like, in, you know, in my youth, there were people that I talked to who had some strong opinions, um, just because I didn't have a lot of friends. Uh, but luckily for me, since I've always had, like, goth alternative style, those people were already like, eh, I don't want to hang around that person. They're going to catch a, turn me into a frog or something. So That's my luckily, type of people. Luckily, because of how I dressed, I already pushed away the bad types of people. <laughs> okay, awesome. Yeah, I've had a, I've had a lot of 12, 14-year-old long friendships just poof because I'm like, hey, I'm a little different. I'm not into the same lifestyle as you. I don't want to get a wife and have kids. I want to get a husband and probably have kids or adopt. And it's just like the most responses get, I'll be praying for you. And I'm like, uh-huh, cool. I know where this is going. I have had to delete a few people here and there, but luckily it's been super rare just because I do have such a weird appearance. (laughs) And, hey, your weird appearance, and I'm just using your terms, uh, phenomenal because I find you as, like, a great friend, and I absolutely adore you in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I even love all the plushies in the background, the Mimikyu Vaporeon. Uh, Yes. So, uh last little bit is do you mind talking about who your uh persona is like for me people know that my persona is bio and he's just like the embodiment of my sexual side and he's the one that's just all about that and whatnot and then you've got this dork in front of you who's just like dorksy fun let's try to live in a fun moment and all that fun jazz do you have a certain persona kind of yeah um, so I mentioned Damien, the little internalized persona I mm-hmm. made when I was probably 12 years old. And he's kind of evolved over time. I have never really gotten rid of this persona. Uh, I don't go by Damien, but I will use the name online sometimes. Um, but his last name is Zeon, which has turned into my cosplay name. Uh, so... I just, I like the name because it's alien sounding and he's an alien and my whole thing is space. (laughs) Extraterrestrial, pop off mama. I like holographic and shiny things and space things, so it worked. Um, I've seen the makeup kit. I know it's shiny. And uh, even my business cards are holographic, but I'm like... Yeah, the little hexagon ones. uh, (laughs) They look like little honeycomb uh, shapes. Yeah. Yeah. so I just took on the name because I've been using it for so long and Zeon kind of goes across the board. Like if somebody approached me at a con and was like, Oh, are you Zeon? Like, you know, that it sounds, it's gender fluid. <laughs> There's no he, she about the name. And then, uh, Damien as the character, I do have art of him. Uh, but He's just sort of always been there. Um, I even did a photo shoot inspired by what I thought he would look like. Uh, but yeah, I don't go by the name. He's just always kind of been a part of my personality. Awesome. Yeah, I get stopped in public places. It's either 
aren't you that person from so-and-so? And I'm less like, well, it's very vague, but I guess because it'd be like from a website or from a area where it's like multiple people who are in the same industry. And it's just like, aren't you so-and-so? But I will have people come up to me like, you're bio, right? I'm just like, it's very weird when people stop me and ask me about my internet persona because I'm just like, uh-huh. I didn't think people here in town looked at that. I thought I was just famous and like. It's funny because my online name used to be Biohazardous Misa or Bio Misa. So when yep. I saw your, your username, I was like, hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah. Mine was Bio Gamer and then it just went straight to Bio. Yeah. And then I just. My name was too long and didn't really fit what I did anymore since I went from fashion to mostly cosplay. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know what? Xeon kind of covers everything. Yeah, I went from video gaming online and sharing video game news and whatnot to more of the adult industry. And I was just like, not many people are going to be able to search B-I-0-G-4-M-3-R. Oh, my God. It gets confusing and people are just like, but why? So I had to shorten it now. It's just B-I-O and then... For all social media handles, it's just the underscore 615 because I'm a Nashville native. Yeah. Awesome. So, Misa, if you're okay with it, do you want to share with people where they can find your cosplay, your hobby, or anything where they can support you? Uh, yes. Awesome. Um, so, I'm on pretty much every website, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under Xeon Cosplay, X-Z-E-O-N Cosplay. All right. And those will be included in the show notes, and we'll have the hyperlinks to the uh, appropriate uh, social medias that you want to include. Right. And I do all sorts of stuff. So I, you can see me dressed up actually as Barbie in one set that I did, and then, you know, I could just be dressed up as a man in a suit just because it's fun. Uh, yeah, the suits. I'm just like, I wish I could pull off a suit like that. If only I could get a suit that fit my massive hips that I don't want. <laughs> There's bound to be a place where they can just get it tailored. That's the problem with being gender fluid. I, you know, some days I want those curves and some days I'm just like, please just make me thin as a board. <laughs> we'll just have to put like some planks down the side and be like, all right, so my pants have to go out an extra three inches on each side. Great. I should try that. I'll try it at next tack. <laughs> there you go. If anything, I might be able to get some tips and tricks out of some drag queens I know. Padding. Yeah. Lots of it. <laughs> uh, awesome. Misa, thank you so much for joining me today and just sharing your story about gender fluidity and who you are as a person. Because, like I say, the reason for this podcast is everybody has a different walk of life in the queer community. And it's always nice to hear someone else's perspective and outlook on it because you never know who can resonate with your story. So right. there's no telling who can hear this and be like, I feel the same way. Yeah. And I'm and pretty I sure a lot of people are like, oh, go ahead. I, I didn't even know until like a few years ago that I was even considered part of the community because, you know, I was just like, I'm just a straight girl. And it never felt right. <laughs> That was the way I was forced to live. I'm just a yeah. straight boy, and it doesn't feel right. Mm -mm. <laughs> but with that, again, thank you so much. Uh, for anybody who wants to find Misa's work on any of the social platforms, uh, it will be concluded in the show notes that you can see once you scroll down after you hit play on this episode. 
But that has been the newest episode of A Queer View. Uh, again, thank you so much for tuning in this week, and we'll see you all next week. Any final words, Misa? Stay proud. There you go. Stay <laughs> proud, everybody. And with that, thank you, and we'll see you next time.